Praise the Lord. Can I hear an hallelujah from the house? Praise the Lord. Say it like you mean it. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to welcome all those who are worshiping with us for the first time this morning. As a family, we welcome you and we love you. We hope to see you again. And to everyone here, happy Canada's Day. I want to see how many people are here with their flags. I know you are a patriotic Canadian. Can you wave your flag? Let us see. All right, wave your hand, everybody. That's right. Amen. Before we begin this morning, I want us as a family to pray for the nation of Canada. You're going to link your hand to the next person sitting by you, bow down your head, and we're going to pray for this nation. Bow down your heads, let us pray for this nation. We are all happy to be here because there is peace in this nation right now. There are several other nations of the world where there is no peace. There are wars and rumors of wars, fightings, killings. But here in Canada, we have peace and tranquility. We need to be grateful to God for what God is doing here. And so, dear Lord, as a family, we pray for the nation of Canada. In the unity of our faith and in the singleness of our hearts, we lift up this nation into your hands. We pray for the leaders of this nation. We ask that you will grant them wisdom to lead this nation. We pray for peace in this land. We ask that we shall all move freely, walk freely, live freely. Without being, af- without being afraid of, of, of being killed. Without being afraid of wars. We ask, so God, that you will rule and reign in this nation. We pray, Lord, that you'll be enthroned in the hearts of every man and every woman in this nation. We thank you, Father. Ask Canada celebrate his 151st birthday. We're asking that henceforth, going forward... Your name shall be glorified, and your name shall be magnified. As we hear your word now, we ask that you will speak to us in the language we shall all understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to quickly speak on the topic, mercy family. And there is a family in the Bible that we're going to be looking at his life, a man of God that God has called to do his work. And we're going to see what really happened to him and his sons. Meanwhile, there are some few pictures I want us to look at right now. And if you look at these pictures here, you discover that everything in that house is messy. Look at the man. Look at the floor. Look at everywhere. He looks very messy. And there is another picture I wanted to look at too. You can see that everybody seems to be in strife, fighting with each other. You see the man accusing the wife and the wife accusing the child. And there you go. 
The woman grabbing the truth of the man. I'm going to kill you today. You're going nowhere today. We're going to end it right here and right now. <laughs> and look at what this guy is doing over there. He said, hello. And the mental hospital says, yeah, this is a mental hospital. Can you reserve a family suite for us? It shows that the confusion is too much. They need to go somewhere and cool off. And probably some mental issues has to be dealt with. Well, that is, by the way, look at the other picture that we're going to see. But before the other picture, there is a definition of what a messy family actually means. And if you check it out, messy means something that is characterized by a dirty, untidy, or disordered condition. It could also be seen as an embarrassing or unpleasant situation. Mercy characterized by moral and psychological confusion. And if you like, a dysfunctional family. And we're going to actually look at the last definition, a dysfunctional family. And now let's move ahead and see another slide. Here you see a dysfunctional family and you have probably a family that is trying to be united and possibly live a life that is godly, that God has expected them to live. And we move on to the next slide. Here we go. We have a godly family. Here you can see a family together studying the scriptures. You can see a family eating together on a dining table. You can see a family so happy and cheerful. And that is what a family of God is supposed to look like. Let's move on to the next slide. Now, haven't seen all of that. All those were just teasers. Haven't seen all of that. I want us to particularly look at the life of the man called Eli. Who is Eli? The definition of the name Eli or what it means simply is the Lord is uplifted. That is a meaning. Probably you are not aware of that. The meaning of the word Eli is the Lord is uplifted. He was a descendant of Aaron. We all know who Aaron is. Aaron was the brother of Moses. Ever brother of Moses. And he was anointed by God to be the priest over Israel. And here we have Eli. He's from that same lineage. Because if you're not of the lineage of the priesthood, you cannot be a priest in Israel. He was a high priest at the worship center in Shiloh. And if you still remember, Shiloh was a place that once a year, Hannah and her husband would always go to worship the Lord and offer sacrifice unto the Lord. And that is the same place where Eli was the high priest. He was in charge of administering the service of God, and he was the custodian of the young man called Samuel. We just read a few things about Samuel a while ago. How God 
called him from his sleep, but he didn't really know that it was God that was calling. Probably as we move further, we will take a look at what really happened when he was receiving the call of God. Let's move ahead. In today's family, there are dysfunctional families everywhere. And you will agree with me that the society today is filled up with dysfunctional families. Parents should know their responsibilities to their children. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter number 22 and verse number 6, it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. From what? From the things that you have taught him or her while he or she was very young. From the precepts of God. From the ordinances of God. From the will of God that you have passed across to that individual child. When the child grows up, he or she will not depart from it. And it will bear me out or bear me a witness that today there are certain things that your parents taught you a long time ago when you were growing up. They probably asked you to memorize certain portion of the scriptures. And as we speak today, you can still remember those things. It is possible they ask you to memorize the Lord's Prayer. Probably they ask you to read and memorize the grace. Or surely, His goodness and His mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Probably that was what you were asked to memorize. And I'm sure you can still remember those memory verses. And thank God for the kids' zone. They're teaching them a lot of things today that is going to grow up with them. And a time will come when they are faced with challenges. These are some of the things that will keep them in the track. These are the things that will keep them in the way of the Lord because they will remember what they have been thought some time ago. And so teaching a child or training a child in the way of the Lord is so important. It cannot be overemphasized. And please, it's your responsibility to that child. And it will do just well to ensure that you bring up your child or train up your child in the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now go, go back to, go back to the, the previous slide. We are to live an exemplary life before our children. Somebody once told me, I always teach my child. I'm sorry, I, I'm not saying this to uh, castigate or to judge anybody here or ask or elsewhere. He said, I've always told my child that smoking is bad. But I find myself smoking in the presence of my child. How does that work? Your action is contradicting your words. It won't work. 
Because the child is thinking, if it isn't good, why is my dad still doing it? It's a big question. So whatever you don't want your child to do, don't do it in their presence. Learn to teach them what is right practically by your actions, by your behavior, by your character. Because they are watching you. Children learn more by sight than by what you tell them. And we must be very conscious of that. We have to be there for them no matter how busy we are. Until we came to Canada, I never knew that there could be a fast-paced environment. You know what I mean? Everybody on his or her toes all the time. Back home, we have a breathing space. But here, no breathing space. If you're working eight hours, you have seven and a half hours to be on your toes. And you are back to work again and again. We are so busy. And sometimes we are busy doing nothing. Hmm. The Lord will help us. Let's move ahead very quickly to the next slide. Hallelujah. When I say hallelujah, I say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Men and women, we are accountable to God for the position of influence he has given to us. I wanted to take note of it. We cannot fall asleep on the wheel only to wake up to realize that our habits has no eternal value. But the lives of our children do. Don't ever forget that. Whatever you are doing, take note, you're going to leave it here on earth. It isn't going with you when you die. It has no eternal value. It only has earthly values. But your child, the soul of your child does. We hear this. Do not waste the opportunity to leave a godly legacy for the next generation. Who are the next generation? The kids, the children. So many of us are aging every day. I was just telling my wife this morning, I said, when you are about to cross the traffic, maybe on foot, you see the timer is counting, probably from 12 to zero. And you hear that unique sound. And once it's over, it's over. To you, you are in a hurry. Let there be a quick countdown so I can cross or so I can continue to move. You forgot that those seconds makes the minutes. And the minutes make the hour. And the hour makes the day. And the day, the week. And the week, the month. And the month, the year. And you say, oh, it's another birthday. You are aging. You are getting older. And so every second counts. And make it count. Make it count. We are to live a very good legacy for the next generation. They are up and coming. They are the leaders of tomorrow. But what is the legacy we are living for them right now? There are still some men and women who regardless of their past and what their parents did not do for them, will give the strength of their arms in the wrecks and the 
will give the strength of their arms in the rest of their days to loving God with all their hearts and all they are and to teach their children to do the same. No matter the challenges they are faced with, they have resolved to love the Lord with all their hearts. They have resolved to love the Lord with all that they are. And they are not just living it to themselves. They are passing it on to their children and to their grandchildren and maybe their great-grandchildren. We have to do something about it. Living good legacy is very important. Forget about the fact, the fact that probably your parents never parented you or led you in the way of the Lord. Now that you have the opportunity, why not make good use of that opportunity? Their time is past. This is your time now. What do you do with it? Are you going to make the same mistake that they made? That shouldn't be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And whenever possible, we need to love and cherish as many people who don't have fathers to equally give them a godly direction, to equally lead them in the word of the Lord. It could be an adopted child. It could be a foster child. It could be a neighbor's child. If you have the opportunity to pass this good legacy, godly legacy to them, why not? Why not? That is why you are God. That is why you are a believer. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And invite any man and any woman whose heart is willing and courageous to join us in this resolution at this end time to chart a new course of action. To instill in our children the godly legacy that we are talking about. We call on men and women, I invite men and women to join hands together to make sure that we chart a new course. Not just in this nation, but in this generation. If you look around you, so many things are wrong. Sometimes I wonder, are these the youths that we're going to leave this nation for tomorrow? Are these the people that we're going to leave Christianity for tomorrow? Are these the people that are going to fly the banner of this nation high and the banner of Christ even higher? By God's grace, in my house or in my home, just as, as, just as many of you here listening to me, I have made up my mind, I have made the decision to guide my family in the way of the Lord. You don't have to ask me who will guide my family. I will. You don't have to ask who will teach my sons and my daughters the word of the Lord or to follow the Lord. I will. 
You don't have to ask. But we accept the responsibility to protect and provide for my family. I will. But we ask God to break the chain of destructive pattern in the history of my family. I will. But we ask God or pray for and bless my children to boldly pursue whatever God has destined for their lives. I will. No one else will do it. I will. Who will daily pray and ask God to bless and establish my children in all their endeavors in life? I will. I will. Who will constantly encourage, counsel, and advise them to live a godly life wherever they go? I will. I will. I want the favor of God and his blessings on my home. All good men. They do. You do. Just as I do. I want us all as a family to make it to the kingdom of heaven at the end of our lives here on earth. You do too. You do. So where are the men and the women with courage? Where are they? Men and women of courage. God is calling out at you on you right now. Where are you fathers and mothers who fears the Lord? Where are you? Where are you? This is the time we need to rise up. This is the time for us to act. This is the time for us to take action. This is the time for us to do something about it. We don't need to keep quiet. We don't need to be silent about this. This is the time to act. We can't afford to repeat the mistakes of the past and of our parents. We need to correct it. Let us stand up boldly to correct it now. For if we fail to do it, no one else will. No one else will. You are the one to correct it now. In your family, you are the one. Let us rise up as one courageous man or woman to build our family now before it is too late. Now that we are still alive and able, this is the time for us to do it. For we shall be held accountable by God for whatever we fail to do now. It's not too late to make changes. Now that we are still alive, today is the day of resolution. Today is the day of resolution. Let us stand up to it. Let us bring about a change. We can do it. Let us make it happen. And I challenge every man or woman in the house. Eli failed to do what he was supposed to do. And for your information, let me show you something before I round up. 
the sons of Eli, they were vile. And vile means morally debased, depraved, or despicable. And they were called the sons of Beliah. And Beliah simply means the spirit of evil personified. Beliah simply means the spirit of evil personified. The devil or Satan. They were irresponsible, callous, indisciplined. They exploited the worshippers at the temple. Worst of all, they sexually harassed and abused the women who came to the temple to worship the Lord. That was awful. That was terrible. Really, really terrible. They abhorred the offering of the Lord. Their misconduct was gross. And God was angry with them. The people too were angry with them. And now look at this. These were the sons of Eli. And people of God, it will shock you that he was the pastor of the church. What we can say, a resident pastor, an international pastor, or whatever you. But his sons were busy doing something else. He didn't support what they were doing, but he wasn't there for them. And that is why I took out time to let you know that it is your responsibility, no matter how busy you are, no matter the position you occupy at church or at the office, you need to create time for your children. Otherwise, they may end up like the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. What is the time you have for your children? How much of your time daily, weekly, monthly do you have for your children? What is the legacy you are leaving for them? This is very important. If you want to rear or bring up children that are responsible in the society, this is the time to start right now. Not when it is too late. And we can do it. And as I said, we can make it happen. Let us make it happen. God bless you.